Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. My guest is Dr. Shante Williams. She is the CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments. It's a Black-owned asset management firm that's focused on reducing health disparities across the globe. Black Pearl's tagline, Be Well, Do Well, captures the firm's mission to invest in transformative companies around the world. Dr. Shante earned a bachelor's degree from Winston-Salem State University, HBCU, and a master's of business administration from Queens University of Charlotte. She holds a doctorate in integrated medicine and biomedical medicine from The Ohio State University. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Dr. Shante Williams. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you for having me today. Well, I, I, I got to say this to everybody. You know, some people will probably only listen to this podcast, but uh, people who are viewing this podcast, her background is amazing. She has an amazing <laughs> background, and it's not some fake background. It's the reality. So, so when I look at your background, is that is that a background that's tied to success? That view. You know, actually, the the two buildings right behind me are banks. Um, And so I like to say my house is mostly windows. So I say I wake up and I go to sleep with money on my mind. Well, you know, I I tell people, you know, when you say that, because that's how I'm not saying I'm tired. I I see banks when I go to sleep, which I uh, which is a good thing now, because, you know, you always bank is what runs our life. Money is what runs our life. If you can see something that motivates you to say, I want to put more money in that bank or more money in that bank. That means you're focused. That means that that's a drive that we all need to have. But I do go to sleep with goals in mind. I do. I always tell people that allows me to wake up because a lot of people always say, I'm not a morning person. Well, I've always been a morning person because I've always went to sleep with goals. And that when my clock went off, I knew why I was getting up. Can you talk about the whole process of how you tie sleep into making you successful when you wake up? Oh, well, first, I will say I'm a person since I'm not a morning person, Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't wake up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually live by the um, mantra that I need a full night of sleep to be the best person I can be. Mm -hmm. So uh, most people are surprised that I sleep eight hours a night at least. 
um, every <laughs> night, um, even when traveling. Um, and I don't compromise on my sleep because a tired mind um, leads to tired results. So for me, if I'm sleeping, um, I'm, I have a whole wind down process at night. Um, I try to stop all meetings, you know, at least two hours before bed. I turn off all of the electronic devices. I try to read something that's inspirational. Um, really to help my mind calm down, but then, you know, take that moment to reflect um, on what, what's been done, what, um, where I'm going, and right. then really just have a, a quiet wind down. So I, I actually love sleeping. If, if that was a real hobby, it would be one of my hobbies. Um, and I, my goal is to be able to sleep in whenever I want. I can't do that just yet, but I, I, I'm working on it. So does, does that entail travel? or Because it seems like when you do that, because I'm going to tell you something, Shante or Dr. Williams, uh, I had a problem with that. I had a problem with understanding how to shut down, you know. And I would tell people sometimes like, I just got on that wheel and just kept running and kept running. And it seems to me that, that you understand the value of self. And which yeah. means ties to, you know, look, I don't function well if I'm not 100 percent. Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, with travel, I've found that uh, I used to be one of those people that if I'm flying into a city, I'm going to meet with everybody I possibly can. And at every hour on the hour, I'm just meeting, 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 meeting. Um, I stopped doing that uh, really for two reasons. It's exhausting. And it, it means that your your body, your brain is continuing to go. Um when I think about who I aspire to be, um, the person, the leader I aspire to be for the entire firm, I know that um, I, in my brain at night, I really think, um, I'm thinking about there are 51 families, um, that's how many employees we have, 51 families that depend on me to keep the vision solid in order to help them get paid, to help them get raises, to you know push us all forward and Ultimately, um, my brain really needs to, to shut off at some point. Um, I, I started doing this particular um, print, uh, this particular mantra. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this situation where you're sleeping and all of a sudden your brain just turns on or you're trying to go to sleep and your brain won't shut down. Ooh, hate that. Hate I, that. Hate that. <laughs> you know what I say to myself now? Not right now. Mm-hmm. And it shuts you down. Yeah, and it, it takes a it takes some practice of just saying not right now. Okay, I mean, and, and I used to have to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to focus on this right now, um, mm -hmm. and focused on sleep or focused on reading. Like literally, I've now had to train my brain. It's not right now. We're not gonna worry about that thing because we're doing this thing and staying mm -hmm. present in the moment. Um, actually, helps I think with that wind down process because. You can't solve what, what's already happened, right? It's in the past, and you can't anticipate the future. Where you are today, right now, is trying to wind down to go to sleep. So right. I will tell myself, not right now, a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to try that because, and not saying it happens a lot, but I tell you, sometimes, I'd say every quarter of the year, every quarter period, I, I wake up. And then an idea coming to my head about one or two o'clock in the morning, knowing because I get up early, I get up at four thirty in the morning during the week. So, so I'm already mad because I go, look, the clock, the potential sleep window is shrinking, and I can't go to sleep. So, not right now. I'm gonna use that, and hopefully, I don't have to use it anytime soon. But it's usually tied to, you know, I I, I go to bed knowing that I have to do something when I get up. And if somehow I wake up and then it just takes over my thought process and it just becomes like, 
Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, the interesting thing about you, Dr. Williams, was that, you know, when I, I read in your credits, Winston-Salem, and then uh, where you got your master's from, and then also where you got your doctorate from. And there were three different <laughs> academic arenas. But more importantly, the two that stood out the most was the beginning and the end, which is Winston-Salem State and uh, The Ohio State University. Talk about your journey at Winston-Salem State, because each experience was different from you. And why did you go to an HBCU? Well, let, let me, so I actually got, I went from undergrad straight to um, a doctorate. So when, uh, Ohio State was in the middle, and then I went to Queens later. Oh, I apologize. Later. Um, they wrote it down. Apologize. Mm-hmm. No, but but the, the way they rolled out. So in HBCU, um, that experience, um, I think, prepared me for everything. Right. Uh-huh. Um, there is a sense of self, a sense of worth, a sense of value mm-hmm. that you get from community. Um, one of the things I tell young people is, yes, the college experience is about, you know, you get a diploma, but it's the people that connect you. It's the people who surround you, the, the arms that are wrapped around you um, figuratively. And going to an HBCU, every single one of my colleagues that went to an HBCU didn't get lost in corporate. They didn't get lost if they went to a PWI later. They knew who they were. And I think that is a very unique experience that you only get at a, at a black school, um, really because those professors are there really with a mission and a mandate to really arm us to take on whatever. Um, I know when, at least when I was coming up, there's a lot of stereotypes about HBCUs. Um, you know, you couldn't get in somewhere else. Da, 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 da. Um, I actually chose not to go to Florida state to go to HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was very intentional to make sure that who I was, was solid and grounded. My family is a close-knit family. I grew up in church and I really wanted to make sure that my preparation for my career was going to continue to center around me being um, a solid human that's really focused on giving back, making impact, and taking these educational tools forward. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's just go through the ac- academic window correctly. So you went from Winston-Salem State to yeah. the Ohio State University where you yes. got your doctorate yes. in medicine and then you got a master's in business administration. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So usually people just cool with the master's in business administration. Okay, but you got it. But you're a doctor that go get a master's. Talk to us about that journey right there, because I wrote, I always write all my credits down. So me, Rashawn, thinking, okay, this is the order. She did this. She did this. She did this. She said, no, excuse me, excuse me. I went from here to my doctorate. Then I went and got my master's. Why that order? Oh, so the order, um, really interesting. I thought I was going to be a clinician. Um, I was in neuro uh, oncology, neurosurgery, um, halfway between clinic and surgery right. and making <laughs> drugs. And I, I thought that's what I was going to be doing. And along the way, I started realizing I love this medical stuff, but I also want to do something else. You know, you start to see the life that you're going to be very soon. And I wanted some aspects of it, but not all of it. And so I was very fortunate. Um, this is where mentors um, and advisors really come into play. They said, are you sure you want to change? And I said, well, I think I do. So they, of course, had me stay on the course and keep the clinical stuff. But then they started introducing me to all of this other 
financial stuff. And what I realized is I took to the finance stuff like a fish. Um, I had never taken a business class before um, going into um, my first corporate job. And I was really good at it. Um, So for me, the doctorate helped me to see, yes, you have these talents and passions, but you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. Um, you're not exposed to this other, I didn't even know the field existed, honestly. And once I got exposed, it was like, oh, I can do this. And I started working with somebody else and I went, I can do this myself. <laughs> um, so the, the MBA came along really because I was looking to make sure that I had not only that healthcare underpinnings, because my job was really to help people understand the medical stuff. But I, I started financially modeling at a really high level and people wouldn't assume it came from me. And I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll get an MBA. Later, I learned that the PhD MBA um, coupling is the most profitable degree coupling um, that you can have. So I guess I made the right choice. Absolutely. And congratulations. So that, that journey, I mean, that you overcome, you, you know, it changes a lot. And I see a lot in your life, you know, and that change is positive, but change also comes with fear. Because fear is tied to the unknown. How did you, like you said, you mentioned mentors. The mentors were the people you went to when you were indecisive, unsure, and kept you focused on your bottom line, which is your dream? Um, yes. My mentors were were people who said, you know, if you're going to choose a career path, you got to do this thing. So you might as well love it. And so every time I was really unsure where I sat, they encouraged me to explore be open to other things, be open to other subjects, be open to other fields. And those mentors really, you know, came in, um, came in the clutch when I, you know, I think my parents were looking at me like, okay, you have been on this path to be in the clinic and be a clinician for so long. And now you're going to take a hard left um, out of it. (laughs) And I think when you talk about fear, you know, I don't want to let my parents or my family down. Um, But, you know, saying I'm going to go into business, they were like, okay. Um, and then saying, I'm going to leave corporate to start my own business. They really started to say, Oh, um, are you sure? Cause you did all this other stuff. And I said, but I'm going to, I'm bringing all of that experience with me. So all of the mentors, um, that surrounded me, um, and to continue to uh, surround me, um, really say, um, keep following what you want to do, not the expectations of what other people want you to do. Um, I always hear my grandmother's, um, voice in my head when she she used to always say when I was little, it's your thing, do what you want to do. Um, and that's really what my mentors are saying. You know, if your gut is saying this isn't right, you know, try something else. And I try to now, um, enter into every situation with a hard yes. It's a hard yes for me. If I'm really into it, I'm going to try it. If Mm -hmm. I'm really interested, I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. If it's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's worth my time because being uncertain or, or squishy, that that's your body. I think that's your gut. That's your instincts telling you this ain't, ain't right for me. So right. for me, it's really having those people that encourage me to not be so tied to a title or a position, but really say, where is the path leading? What's the next best step? Wow. I'm talking to Dr. Shante Williams. She's the CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments. It's a Black-owned asset management firm that's focused on reducing health disparities across the globe. Let's talk about the company, Black Pearl Global Investments. How did it start? How did you get involved with the concept? Because it all starts with a dream. But how did that dream manifest itself into reality? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Uh, so that's a really good story. I'll tell you. Um, and take your I time. You can take your time. This is your yeah. show now. Okay. <laughs> My first firm was a due diligence firm. Um, it was doing very well. I was proud of myself for starting from zero and, you know, paying myself. That was my full-time gig. And I was so proud of it. And I started to do community advocacy work. And I happened to be talking about the impact capital can have and investments can have in a community. And I'm talking to a group of Presbyterian pastors. And one of the pastors comes up to me who was a Winston-Salem State alum, says, you know, hey, fellow alum, um, I have someone at my church that you really should meet. Right. And he says, will you come to my church? And I'm like, oh, this guy's trying to get me to come to church. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a PK already. So I'm like, okay, I'll come to the church. <laughs> I went to the church and I sat through a really beautiful woman's day service. And it happened to be um, the first female surgeon for um, Charlotte. She was just amazing. And she was talking about taking off the veil. Um, and after the service, I I went up to the pastor and said, oh, you came. I think he was surprised, too. Um, and so he introduced me to Dr. Carl Smart. Um, and Dr. Smart and I probably talked for five minutes, no more. And he was interested in investing. And he was like, oh, okay. So we exchanged numbers. And then we did not connect again for another year. Right. Um, we played phone tag, yada, yada. 
And finally, he says, oh, hey, finally got you. We meet day after Thanksgiving. And he says, I see what you're doing. I've been following for a while. I think he was secretly vetting me to make sure I was, you know, the real deal. And he said, but I don't think what you're doing now is big enough. And, you know, when you get that kind of feedback from somebody, you can- Well, hold up right there, Dr. Shelton. Okay, when somebody yeah. said, because you, you just said earlier, you know, I was doing my thing, my startup, I was yeah. feeling good, making a little money. And then somebody <laughs> tells you, I don't think what you're doing is big enough. How did you react to that? You know, I, in my head, I think I had the decision tree. I can be highly offended. Or I can listen, right? I can I can hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't say, you know, rude or derogatory, but he was like, yeah, this ain't it. And I'm like, this ain't it. I'm paying myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm entrepreneurial. Uh-huh. And I listen and I really lean in and he says, I think you could be doing far greater. Mm. You can have impact using the knowledge you have. Um, I do have an interest in this, but, you know, would you be interested in maybe just talking about how, because he's a, a critical care pulmonologist, he's been a surgeon for um, about 30 years. And he said, I think with our healthcare expertise, He's done investing separately. I've done investing separately. If we join together, we can start impacting uh, Black people's health care from a different perspective. We have the experience. We have the cash. We can invest in things that will move the needle. And we can do it not just here. We can do it for folks in the diaspora. We can do it for folks in the Caribbean. We can do it for folks in Africa. I wasn't thinking global. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was proud to be doing the work I was doing for the companies in my, you know, my little sphere. I would say between Charlotte and Atlanta. Right. And that got my mind kind of going, hmm, okay. So we started talking about what we would invest in, um, what kind of impact we wanted to see, what kind of outcomes we wanted to see. And that day, Black Pearl was born. Um, We said, okay, let's see what we can do. Um, I actually sold my first firm. You know, I, I let it go knowing that this next thing's going to be an adventure. The next thing's going to be a, a journey that maybe will reach more people. I now had a partner because I was a solopreneur before. Now I have a partner. And we started saying, what do we need? What do we need? What do we need? The name Black Pearl, it has two meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Pearl is one of the most rare and most expensive jewels you can buy naturally. Um, and we started saying, you know, our health is a jewel. Black people are a jewel. We need to be protecting that. We need to be investing in that. We need to wrap our arms around that. So Black Pearl is like, oh, yeah, that's going to be us. But then we learned, well, he, Carl was watching um, a movie, Pirates of the Caribbean. And the Black Pearl was <laughs> the, the pirate ship um, that could not be caught. And so there's a double meaning there. Um, we are both valuable and rare and, you know, there's some mystique that, you know, as long as we're staying on our path, no one's going to catch us because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so that's how we found two other partners that can fill some gaps. And, uh, I don't have a, a hard technology background. So we found a partner for that. We got one more partner that really had a deep dive in entrepreneurship and, uh, business as well. The four of us together, I feel like we, I'm about to say I'm Captain Planet, like our powers combined and Black Pearl came forward and it wow. came forward really to write checks into companies as a start. Fast forward five years later, we have written checks, venture capital, we have made loans, we have 
um, acquired companies. We have uh, launched an office in Kingston, Jamaica, and we have an office in Accra, Ghana. Um, we have a health advisory um, arm that helps develop people in workforce development. And it all started from me not being offended from the feedback, but really <laughs> saying, let me listen to the feedback. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I always tell people I wake up dumb. I just make that statement. That way I'm willing to accept information that's given to you. But if you wake up think you know it all, you know, you can miss something. That moment was right there. If you had a know-it-all personality, right, dominating your spirit or your soul, then you would have missed Black Pearl ever being a possibility. But when you say yeah. the word Black Pearl and investments, that's what my audience wants to hear. Investment. What, what When you say invest in this, invest in it, and it's in healthcare, what are you talking about? Uh, so uh, for me, money is a tool. Um, mm-hmm. Just like a hammer, it can either build or it can destroy. I can hit you in the head with a hammer and it'll, it'll beat you down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, money is a tool. So when we talk about investing, we're looking for companies on the venture capital side of things that have high growth potential, um, but they're coming up with discoveries that are new and novel that are helping to reduce healthcare costs, that are improving the outcomes, that are increasing access for populations that didn't have um, that access. I'll give you an example. Um, earlier this year, we invested in a maternal health care uh, company called Mommy. Mommy is a company that uh, built technology to help Black mothers get all of the resources they need to have successful deliveries and then postpartum um, be able to cope with, you know, new baby, um, maybe some of the mental health aspects and really give them a community getting these practitioners to listen to them, giving them alternatives, whether they want to be in a hospital or have natural birth. But we know from a healthcare perspective, black mothers are going to, are, are uh, more likely to suffer adverse effects, mm-hmm. even if you have insurance, even if you have uh, money, even if you, you know, Serena Williams had severe complications, yes. Beyonce. I mean, these are women with resources and I'm sure the best of the best healthcare mm-hmm. and they still had these other complications. So that's the kind of company we put our money into on the venture capital side. We write checks into companies that are making an impact that can change the trajectory of, you know, women dying, babies dying. Um, we invest in companies that um, make food cleaner. We invest in, um, we invest in companies that, can make the environment more healthy. Because when we think about healthcare, we're thinking, you know, again, if you don't have your health, the rest of it's going to go to pot, right? You can have all the money in the world and your health crashes. Guess where your money's going to go? To fixing your health. So we think about healthcare as really the center of um, our beings, our our universe, if you will. And so we'll help, we'll uh, invest in things for economic mobility. We'll invest in things for climate. We'll invest in things for right on the nose healthcare, um, direct practitioner care. Um, we will invest in things that are transportation related. I mean, we are really thinking about healthcare broadly because you can't just pull on one lever and think it's going to change everything. Well, you know, the thing about it is uh, uh, I interviewed Tanya Lewis Lee. She's a brilliant documentary that's really informative on Hulu called Aftershock, which is about, uh, you know, infant mortality, especially in the um, African-American uh, community. And when I hear you talk about that, it just gives me 
you know, flashback that there are many warriors out there, and I consider you a warrior who's out there from a financial perspective trying to change lives within our community and also giving a, 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 a shot of delivering a healthy kid. When, as I close this interview, and it's been a wonderful interview because your life has so many beautiful pearls in it. I'm going to just use that. I'm going to use that pearl. <laughs> when, you, when you talk about the academic training and making decisions and not limiting yourself and saying that enough is enough and being able to accept what I call constructive criticism or comments because people told you they saw more in you, that you could do more. And a lot of people hear that terminology fear or they could uh, satisfy, oh, I'm satisfied where I'm at. But you saw it like, okay, what are you talking about? And I think more people should lean in instead of pushing back when people approach them about their gifts. I always talk about gifts and purpose. I feel you're living your purpose because you're taking advantage of your gifts. And as you talk about the next chapter in uh, Black Plural, Global Investments, what is it, Dr. Shanti Williams? Uh, our, our next chapter really looks like um, expanding um, into other countries. Um, so we're already on the continent of Africa, but we will look to push into areas where a lot of people are going. Um, East Africa, there are not a lot of folks deploying money. Um, when we think about the Caribbean, really starting to support entrepreneurs there. Um, when we think about acquiring companies, we just acquired a, a contactless manufacturing facility. I think it's really important if we want to control costs of healthcare and we want to help more entrepreneurs get into the healthcare space, we've got to reduce those barriers. So one way to do that is controlling the supply chain. If I am the direct manufacturer of something, I have a direct relationship with the cost of something, uh, of that product. And so I can start to provide it to communities at a price that makes it affordable. Black people are disproportionately more, more likely to have uh, eye care issues. Um, but on the flip side of that, if you are somebody who is, let's say, creating the next beauty product right. um, or someone right. who's um, coming up with a healthcare formulation, guess what you likely will need to package your product? An FDA regulated facility. I now have two. Um, and we have reconfigured our floor plans to help other entrepreneurs come into that space, reducing the cost really to start packaging up their products. So as we roll forward, we will look to see how we can, one, continue to bring products into our portfolio that reduce healthcare costs. But then how do we leverage those assets to help other companies get ahead, whether that's through expertise, whether that's through space, whether that's through us really just saying, hey, if you need to use our product to test whether or not your thing is going to work, we're open to that. And that's where I think the future for us is really going to be headed, uh, helping businesses level up, but then also bringing in practitioners. People, um, one of our programs that I'm most proud of is we take folks with um, no healthcare skills, we help them get trained, and then they're coming into the workforce at you know the forty or fifty thousand dollar side of things versus the you know ten to fifteen dollars an hour side of things. And that's I'm really proud of because the more people we get into um, healthcare, the more diverse voices we have there, the less likely it is that people will get overseen or overlooked um, when they say I have pain or they say something just isn't right. And so I'm really proud of the work we're doing today. And I look forward to seeing that expand beyond North Carolina and other states and in other countries. And then leveraging all of these facilities because we can marry those practitioners with the spaces. And I think um, the future is going to be very bright if we continue to do that. Well, I'm telling you, your storytelling is amazing. She is the CEO of Black Pearl Global. 
and an investment firm that is changing our healthcare and the African-American community, not only domestically, but global. People of color have, they have a, I like to say, an angel in the, in the uh, yeah. corporate structure is out there uh, funding ways that we can live a better life, a longer life, a life that feels like we're part of, the people care about us. Again, I want to appreciate, I want to say I appreciate you taking the time. All my interviews have their special journeys, but I think from an academic standpoint, you're special. From a lifestyle standpoint, you're special. And for your cause of what you're doing out here in the community, yes, we all goal is to make money, but boy, when you can help people along the way, isn't that a blessing? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, and we talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. This has been Rashawn McDonald, host of Money Making Conversation Masterclass.